0: Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Talkfile, Talk the official podcast of the Colorado Rocky Subreddit. I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17.
1: And I'm Evan, username Legacy3233, and it's an intimate two person affair today. Very, very intimate. We're talking about some
0: intimate issues of what happens between a pitcher and a catcher. Otherwise known as baseball, basically.
1: You got to throw the ball, and then you see what happens. Somebody's got to throw the ball. Somebody's got to catch the ball. Things happen in between. There's a bat and a glove, you know,
0: all kinds of innuendo. Um, Speaking of innuendo, the Rockies didn't suck
1: this weekend. For four games in a row. Yeah, that was exciting. Uh, Our first time winning more than two games in a row since, I believe, mid-June. Don't do that. And uh, only the third time we've won consecutive games since the end of June.
0: This has been one of the worst
1: years. It's been pretty bad. Like, we normally all (laughs) dread the June swoon. We were awesome in June. But July and August so far have been... July was more like Boo-Lie
0: and Awful August. It was bad. It was it's bad. Been bad. I mean, I was bringing up like the 2 weeks stats cause like maybe it was something fun to talk about realizing that it's kind of like mid-August and stuff like that and I was thinking like, you know, July was bad but August wasn't that. Yes, it was. The, the Rockies won two out of three against the Giants and then the Astros destroyed us and the Padres almost swept us and the Diamondbacks almost swept us. But then we swept the Marlins, so...
1: (sighs) I don't know. uh, We looked largely competent against the Marlins, so that was pretty great. Did you hear about that game on Friday? I enjoyed that game on Friday. That
0: game on Friday? The gray game on Friday? What did he do on Friday? Pitched eight innings. Well, allowing Pitched no runs eight, eight innings Jesus Seven strikeouts And then And then He was this good guy named, He was good This, this other guy um, Named Scott
1: Oberg Finished out that game Can we also talk about Real quick John Gray No walks that game Holy cow And then yeah This This uh, young up and comer Named Scott Oberg Lover of cats closed out Dionne the game I got a save
0: yeah, the only guy in the bullpen you can trust.
1: A Rockies player got a save. What yeah. novel? What kind of novelty is that? It was novelty because we're not going to see it again. <laughs> nope. Report came in today that yesterday Scott Oberg was brought to the hospital with a blood clot in his arm. Uh, stayed in the hospital overnight and the clot has been resolved, but his season has likely come to an end. And so our brilliant organization made the move. To bring Wade Davis back as the closer, and that went just about as well as everybody expected. Which is to say, what do we pretty badly. Oh. So Wade, well, da- Wade Davis had been a middle innings guy for the last uh, couple weeks or so. End of June, he was, pardon me, end of July, he was relieved of his uh, closing duties in favor of Scott Oberg. And, uh, Pitched, uh once in the s- seventh and the sixth middle innings. Not huge high pressure situations and he was pretty good. He looked a lot more solid. He only walked one player in his four outings and he only gave up one hit and he was averaging at least one strikeout per outing and no earned runs against all of those. And Immediately, all of that goodwill goes away because today he it's flat out terrible. Um, three runs, right? Rockies were taking a three to four lead into the ninth inning, after being boosted up by a Nolan Arenado home run. Wade Davis was put in, and we all immediately knew what was going to happen. But you know, hoped against it, and Wade faced four batters, failed to get any of them out, uh, and it was it was ugly. And next thing you know, it's we're behind again
0: but that the offense was there and that was nice to see probably because it's, it's the Marlins and they're one of the few teams who are worse
1: than us despite the fact that Jordan Yamamoto made us look like a bunch of scrubs for most of that game 9 strikeouts Great for pitching. him, a career high he's, he's highly rated man
0: the Marlins have to have something to look forward to okay? and if it's going to be Yamamoto good for them but somehow we pulled it off. It didn't... It did help that there was a... last inning, there was an error. And then... There's another walk. No. Error. Then Ramak did what he did. And Ian so Desmond was up with the bases
1: loaded. And he struck out against the Marlins. In one of his ugliest at-bats in a while, he whiffed at three pitches all in the zone. I was like you don't have to do much here, man. And that's the shame because Desmond in May and June was amazing. And July with the rest of the team, he just crashed back down to earth. Yeah,
0: he wasn't great. So let's go back to the fact that Scott Oberg is not here anymore. Let, I'm going to give you a list of names, um, who pitched for the Rockies this year. Scott Oberg, Antonio Sensatella, Harrison Musgrave, uh, Chichi Gonzalez, Sam Howard, Mark Reynolds, Mike Dunn, Philip Deal, Chris Russon, Jeff Hoffman, Jesus Tinoco, Tyler Anderson, Swung Hwan Oh. Those are like all those names pitched for the Rockies at some point and have either been with the club or not with the club. And it's not all injuries. A lot of it is injuries. A lot of it is
1: having guys over 30. Older guys, and then one of the guys we were hoping could take, or at least I was hoping, would take a big step up in Harrison Musgrave has spent pretty much the majority of this season su- shut down, and then was mm-hmm. DFA'd to clear him from the forty man earlier mm-hmm. uh, earlier this month.
0: It's it's just weird when you see like the uh, all the ages in the bullpen or pitching 31 33 oh yeah i guess bettis is no bettis got injured
1: too right yeah uh he's on the 10-day dl and uh i think was recalled for him what's what's frustrating is that some guys today didn't he uh did not pitch today it was it was yesterday um, but what's, what's frustrating was... What's frustrating is that we immediately... I get that we were pushed for time and couldn't really think of the options, but we immediately went back to Wade Davis as the closer, despite him having shown repeated failures in that spot. Mm-hmm. And these this is the list of pitchers that were available out of the Rockies bullpen when they put Wade Davis in on the ninth. Carlos Estevez, DJ Johnson, Jesus Tinoco, Yancy Almonte, Jake McGee, and Chichi Gonzalez, and they put in Wade Davis, who because you know maybe this time's different. I guess. I mean, they're paying eighteen million dollars for him this season, but it's it took them so long to pull him from the closer position. And then was like, "Let's. It's, everything's fine." You know, he, we- he showed immediate improvement once he was not the closer. And we had Scott Over, who was doing very good work as our late innings guy, despite the fact mm-hmm. he had a couple bad outings and his ERA jumped from in below two to a whole what two point three zero. Oh no, what a nightmare to have the lowest ERA on our entire pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And they What's just the- they went straight back to Davis, and Estevez had to come in and bail Davis out and looked. Really, really good for two straight innings.
0: I think last time we talked about the whole fact that Estevez is overusing his fastball. So we're just kind of reminding people about that. But he's good enough at a
1: fastball to blow away the Marlins hitters, at least. Or Um, literally anybody. DJ Johnson got called up today because of Scott Oberg being put on the disabled list with that blood clot. And I would have rather seen DJ Johnson try and get the close. Band, yeah, knowing it's
0: it's crazy so cliche how cliche fast Wade the... fell. You know, like he was he was twenty eighteen. Wade was bomb. He was pretty good. You know, um, his x hip was just where it used to be. It was like twenty seventeen x HIP was three point five seven, and in twenty seventeen twenty eighteen it was three point six three with the Rockies. You know. Home run per fly ball was still like around twelve percent. Ground ball percentage around the same. His Babup was actually much lower last year with the Rockies, but he was still striking out ten point seven four per nine last year with a three point five eight walks per nine. The walks were a little high. And any guesses on what his walks per nine are this year?
1: I'm gonna guess a bad number.
0: Worse a really bad number okay not really bad but pretty darn bad i mean 3.5 isn't that good to start with
1: but it wasn't and it he walked more people last year than i think we were expecting him to but it was not mm-hmm. an issue compared to like it's been this year well it's higher than 3.5 so what do you got <sighs> oh wade and I was, I was a stalwart defender for him for the longest mm-hmm. time this season. It's like he's just his having walks a little per nine,
0: bit of, it, This is a sad thing. Is his walks per nine under his ERA or not?
1: It's got to be... It's got to be under because his ERA is some sort of ridiculously high number. According to FanGraphs
0: this year, his walks per nine is 5.3 and his ERA is 6.0
1: but that ERA is super deceiving because his because. course field ERA is 10.43. Oh my god. Which I believe I I need to I need to find out for sure, but it's uh-huh. got to be one of the worst home field ERAs in the entire league. Right.
0: And I mean you know he can't pitch a course, so don't make him pitch a course when you have
1: literally anyone else. Or if you do, because several of his mid-inning outings Mm -hmm. were at Coors, and he did Mm -hmm. fine. So, at the very Mm -hmm. least, don't have him close at Coors, because his road ERA is incredible. It's .63. That's great. But his home ERA is so bloated, and his course field performances as a closer are so bad that I literally do not understand the decision-making process of continuing to throw him out onto the mound and saying, well, this time will be different. Which, which
0: team are we talking about again?
1: It's not the Detroit Tigers, is it?
0: No, no, I don't think it is. It's not the Royals. They, they changed stuff at one point, right?
1: Is it the Orioles? Or are we talking about the Orioles?
0: No, 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 we're not. We're not Orioles territory. I think it's
1: the Colorado Cucarachas. Was Cucaraches de Colorado. Cucaraches de Colorado. Well, there's one good thing to come out of all of
0: this, at least. My man Yonder Alonso giving us some like love and
1: something to it to. Is it wrong that when we, when we signed Yonder Alonso to the minor league contract earlier this season, I was like, if he mm-hmm. comes up, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. Well, something went terribly, terribly wrong, mm-hmm. and I am... Thoroughly enjoying having Yonder here to the point where I kind of hope we resign him next year because he's way not enough. only he's been a super solid veteran presence on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I see it is he's sort of filling up that Gerardo Parra role that we were so sorely missing where he's the super excitable guy who energizes the bullpen, not the bullpen, the clubhouse, and is just trying to make sure everybody's having a good time and all that stuff. If and,
0: Alonso could bat right-handed, he'd be perfect.
1: And even not batting right-handed, he's been really solid with us so far.
0: Like, Alonso was,
1: has 22 games with us and 0.5 war. This is after he had, what, negative 1.1? After yeah. Yeah. a month or two with the White Sox? And the White Sox fans decrying him as a clubhouse cancer and... Uh and all these bad things and he he comes up he's hitting a he's hitting well he's doing what needs to be done i think he had some sort of absurd thing where like his first three at bats he all had doubles yeah and um, He he's a 175
0: weight created plus
1: crazy he's batting 342 with an mm-hmm. obp of 457 and slugging 684 since he came to us with an ops of 1.141. And granted, this is only in 22 games. But he is really feeling like a good veteran, energizing veteran presence mm-hmm. that needed to be plugged into this team. And I'm thoroughly enjoying having him with him. And he brought with him Les Kukarachas, which is apparently a thing down in AAA Albuquerque that he brought with him to the big league club. And it's a lot of fun. It's I can't get the splits
0: to completely split. Um, but he actually has reverse splits this year. Um, I mean, like 2019 versus lefties, as a lefty, he's hitting 254. And versus righties, he's 187. I know we're only... Uh, doing average and stuff like that when we should be doing something better like weight runs created plus and which versus lefties is 124 weight runs created plus and versus righties he's 57. I mean, this is kind of still skewed because I can't isolate the versus lefty versus righty and also isolate the second half yet. So I'm yeah, I,
1: on that. Because, and in all seriousness, with the White Sox, he was very bad. He had a, was doing really hard. He was slashing like 178, 275, 301. He was not hitting for very much power. He was really struggling, and he got designated for assignment up there. But, I mean, call it cores, call it whatever you want. He is at the very least performing well for us, and he's been a really nice presence to have. He, I don't
0: know. He's nice. It's something to look forward to. You know who else is nice to look forward to? Ryan McMahon. Oh Ryan McMahon. He is on fire. Let's let's talk Big Mac. And let's talk just the most recent stuff. August is batting. His weight runs created plus is 164 in August, the Wob of 0.448.
1: His OPS in August is 1.122. Holy cow. Yeah, slashing 292, 393, and a slugging percentage of 729. He's really picked it up. Six home runs this month, 12 RBIs. I mean, wouldn't it be nice
0: if we would have just given him the time last year, so maybe in like You could have had this in, like,
1: May or June or July even. You know, we're seeing that with a couple players this year of people who should have been giving more playing time who all of a sudden, now that they're getting more playing time, look like really solid ball players.
0: I never fully gave up on Ryan McMahon because he only hits line drives, and he was just having a lot of bad luck. I had totally given up on uh, Rymel Tapia.
1: I had as yeah. well, where, especially with his, some of his defensive blunders and some really mm-hmm. ugly at bats, I was like, the Ryan Meltappi experiment is over. He's got to be gone next year anyway. Let's figure out what the next solution is. And boy, has he even proven us wrong. Second half, weighted runs created plus
0: 109. Uh, OPS, 852. Eh. But his first half, K percentage was 25, and his second half, K percentage, was 12.6. That's
1: huge. And he's also been picking it up in the month of August, um, with an insane batting average of three seventy five. His OPS is lower than McMahon's. It's it's 0.881. Mm-hmm. But and his slugging percentage is, is relatively low, it's four fifty eight, but he is not, you know, a power hitter. He's a slap hitting speedy guy. But he's doing what he needs to be done and he's getting on base. And he's in this month he's walked four times, which is more plate discipline than we're used to seeing from him he's only struck out five times in 48 at bats
0: i was looking through his 2019 season like through count and you know whenever you have more balls and strikes you're going to hit better you know it's just this just a rule um through uh obviously like through 3 and one count you're gonna probably do pretty well um but his average, his uh, weighty runs created plus on 3 and one is like 253. 3 and 2 is 142. 2 and 0 is 287. one and 0 123. 2 and one 149. And as soon as he has a strike on him, and is, he goes to 72, 54, 68, and 18. Just all kinds of... If he ever has two strikes, he's not going to get a hit. And if he ever has... Like if he can just take a ball,
1: it's incredible what he can do. And he's been improving on that front. His at-bats recently mm-hmm. are looking more patient, and he looks more locked in. And he's definitely hitting the ball. He's been over this really rough stretch we've having. One of our more reliable batters, and, and, his, and his defense is improving too. And Now that he's he's getting more consistent playing time with Doll out, and we were supposed to be getting this rotation in center with Dahl and Tapia's really made the spot his, at least for now. And ideally next year we'll be living in a world where we will not be starting Ian Desmond every day. Mm, maybe.
0: Jack was saying that he actually has the 8th percentile of outfielder jump and 86th percentile of sprint speed and City psychosinal outs above average. Well, we know but the kid
1: can jump. <laughs> we watched him jump. He still yeah, he stole that. It's beautiful. That was amazing. That was the gotta be the catch of the year. Yeah, we don't have a lot to go off of right now, but.
0: but isn't Tapia got some kind of was Tapia's contract situation again? This was his He is out of options.
1: So we got to make a decision. Let me see what his actual contract status is looking like. So the main thing is that he's out of options, which is why he started this year on the big league roster, despite the fact that there wasn't really a space for him. Because if he's not Mm -hmm. on the big league roster, then we don't really have much to do with him. Um, So he's under team control for next year, but he's still out of options. So... And then he's still got all arbitrate. three years of arbitration. He is yeah. uh, he is with us until twenty twenty three unless we trade him or DFA him or something because he's not going mm-hmm. back down to the minors.
0: I mean, you might as well arbitrate because we. I think on previous podcasts have talked about how the free agent class is terrible. Um, it's uh, it's not gonna be great.
1: And with- His- with the with our, with our crowded outfield or at least the amount of people we have who can play outfield some decisions are going to have to especially if we're going to keep trotting Ian Desmond out there again and again mm. and again which and Anything. I I don't Desmond earned himself a lot of goodwill with me for his May and his June mm-hmm. but he's still not good enough to be our every an everyday outfielder with us we need to be giving the kids a shot
0: yeah for some reason I thought we were going to have a positive war season from him he was getting there he was getting there, negative 0. .5 Tapia is still a negative war too um, and the Zips projections on Tapia for 2020, 2021, and 2022 were all 1.6 or less so they still don't think he's going to be worth it.
1: It's hard to say. There's a lot of question marks about this team and where we're going to be at in 2020 and beyond, just with oh my god, our prospect situation and all our various players and our, our bad contracts, especially for next year. Yeah, I feel like we're losing the best of Nato and Story.
0: And Chuck's still okay. The second half, Ian Desmond, was a 58 with runs created plus. I don't like that. I mean, can you imagine what we could have done? I mean, even if we had the terrible Wade contract, and even if we had the terrible McGee contract, and even if we had the terrible Shaw contract, if we didn't have the Ian
1: Desmond contract... His team could have been getting more, getting more playing time for folks out in the outfield, or first base, or anything. Like you could Not have a try and make him out for... every time to watch him have a
0: terrible at bat. Yeah, pretty disappointing. I mean, at least they got rid of Chris
1: Iannetta. I uh-huh. I knew it had to happen. I admit, mm-hmm. in my deep in my heart, that I I felt a little bad about sort of just unceremoniously dumping him because he is. He's the Rockies' longest-tenured catcher. He's got the majority of the stat leads at that position for the team. But, but he's not been worth it. And it's time yeah. to let Dom Nunez get some chance and see what we've got and see what we need to do with the catcher position for next year. I was looking
0: at uh, Jalen Murphy for a second, and he's kind of picked it up a little bit, and he's kind of been, you know... Okay. And when we talked about, whenever the broadcasters talk about how low we are in, in home runs, it's like, who hits the most home runs on a team? First base, like 80% of the time. Probably.
1: Like you, um, you think of your traditional power hitting positions, and it's first base and catch. First base. Yeah. Or like if you had to be like left field or right field. Yeah. Um, and neither of those positions are hitting home runs. Except yeah. Realdry, who's got uh, three so far in his limited tenure.
0: In twenty what twenty games or something? Twenty-two. Twenty-two games. He's got three home runs in ninety-six games. Uh, in, Murphy is eleven.
1: He is also and, at negative point one WAR. And that is, we know his WAR is going to take a hit if you're factoring in some of his stuff like that. But he, the reason we signed him is that he is supposed to be this great hitter. And he's just not living up to it. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because that hand injury really did just derail his season. I mean, I, I definitely figure he's going to be around next year, for better or for mm-hmm. worse. And we'll see if next year is totally different. Which, it's entirely, it's entirely possible. Because they were still talking about even after he came back from that hand injury, it was still messing with him and it still wasn't up to full hands are tricky. And like, even the smallest thing can totally derail you. And if it takes the next off season and Daniel Murphy comes back and he looks like the hitter that we signed him to be great. But if not, he might be another guy ending up trying to be moved or unceremoniously dumped.
0: Uh, next year is gonna be interesting. I think, I think you just should dump next year. I mean, it would have been nice if we gotten something for Daniel Murphy this year, because I don't think next year
1: it's gonna be him, that's gonna make the difference. But I have no hmm. idea who's gonna be at first base for the I future.
0: remember first we course. used to have Brennan Rogers? No, he he's dead. Yeah. I mean, this whole idea of, like, oh, well, we're going to have three people who could play second base, and we're going to keep shortstop there. Can we have any of them play any other positions? No. Just 30-year-olds taking first base and outfield, so.
1: And M- McMahon is, is doing – since McMahon has become our everyday second baseman, he's been doing well. He's yeah. I'm very happy with his performance – but I still say that, ideally, he is our first baseman because he can hit for power. And defensively, he's, he's good but not great. He's certainly better than Daniel Murphy is. Mm-hmm. But, like I've said before, my ideal infield is McMahon, Rogers, Story, and Notto. Or McMahon, Hampson, Story, Notto. Has yeah, been like a little bit better recently, but he's been picking it up. But I will say, as much as the sadness to do so, he's been having a tough time this year. Yeah, I mean, if it was possible,
0: my ideal infield was getting like a cheap, cheap power hitting first baseman, and then getting seventeen home runs or more out of your second baseman. You know, if 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 Story and Nato both hit like thirty plus home runs, and you had Ryan McMahon hitting twenty home runs, and you had literally any other first baseman in the last like ten years, besides the Rockies' first baseman for the last three years. You'd have twenty home runs from your first baseman or thirty home runs from your first baseman.
1: If we were the Yankees, we'd be getting seventeen plus home runs for our second baseman. DJ LeMahieu hit number twenty today.
0: That also, I mean, if Ryan McMahon was playing every day and was actually this good, which he might be, he might not be, but if he hadn't been benched and been shuffled around, he would be on twenty,
1: probably. That's just part of been what's so frustrating about this organization recently, is the handling of the roster and the handling of movement has been so odd. And we dealt with last year the oh the kids gotta earn their playing time. Mm-hmm. But in a season that is, barring a miracle, essentially lost, we need to be (laughs) seeing the kids getting these playing time. Like, Hampson is still barely ever playing. And I I am adamant. I genuinely think the talent is there. Garrett Hampson has these tools. He's so fast, Mm -hmm. and he can be an above-average fielder, and he can slap hits, and he can run the bases. But he almost never plays. And if he does, he's usually coming in as a pinch hitter or a defensive substitute later in the game. All right, And he starts so rarely that when he does start, he doesn't do particularly well. And, yeah, it's, it's hard for him. And I, I will admit, and people on this sub know this, that I may be a little bit blinded by how much I like Garrett. He I've been following him you you know, for, for ages and ages and ages. But I, he needs more consistent playing time be it in left field instead of Ian Desmond be it in center field and Tapia plays instead of Ian Desmond what I'm getting here is that Ian Desmond needs to not be playing as much so that we can get the kids in the game
0: they're doing a little bit better with it but it's still really not not
1: good enough especially for where
0: we're at in the season yeah um so in the list of all first basemen in um Major League Baseball in 2019 The uh, list stops at 21 with Joey Votto at 12 home runs. There are no Colorado Rockies who play first base who even make the list. And this is a down year for Joey Votto. Yeah, this is like his worst year. He's still got a .7 war, but we don't know what's wrong with Joey Votto. Brandon Belt's
1: next at 14 home runs. Albert Pujols is 18. Albert Pujols is putting putting himself a tiny little... A tidy little season here. here.
0: Hosmer's got 18, Smoke's got 19. Smoke. smoke. We could have had Smoke. Grown. And I would have loved if there was some way and we could have given away like Rogers for like Smoke and Pilar or something. And anyway, you can't live in the past, you gotta live in the future. Um. So pretty much, um it was really nice to have the Marlins be good. I mean, be be good be against be good the against Marlins. the Marlins. Yeah. Um. Whereas another stat, we haven't had a back-to-back quality starts, I think, since June. Um. And Peter Lambert had a quality start.
1: But Marquez yesterday did not. Yeah, if you could just give him some P D And that's Mm -hmm. a shame because Mark Marquez was, outside of his few mistakes, very good yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he's pitching, he's honestly, some of his stats are a little bit misleading because he generally is pitching like our staff ace. And I like that, especially with how unlucky we have been in terms of our rotation. Uh, like how John Gray got scratched the other day, and we got treated to a two inning Jeff Hoffman start. That was just so bad. Yeah, Hoffman's, I think his time's come. And that's, and I was making fun of John for it. It's like, when is John going to say, I really think he's about to turn the corner? But Hoffman's been about to turn the corner since we got him, and he just never has. And at this point, I don't think he is going to. He looked atrocious. He looked lost. Mm-hmm. And he was immediately sent back down to AAA after that spot start. It was ugly, and it was unpleasant, and it's honestly what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, but at least Tinoco's kind of nice. There's, like, one tiny little th- shred of something from the two O thing.
1: He's just I am still not happy about how he was treated at points earlier in this season where he tended to get thrown out as a last gasp, losing efforts in high leverage situations, bases loaded, nobody outs, and get obliterated. Mm. But he's been pitching, honestly, is a long relief guy. Almost all of his outings are two-plus innings. He only has three outings that are less than two full innings uh out of his uh total 10 outings for the season so far and um he's been his walks are a little bit concerning but he's getting strikeouts mm-hmm. too my my big thing that i want to point out for him was that uh the august 7th game versus the astros which is one of the games where they just lit us up and it was not a lot of fun he did mm-hmm. allow two earned runs but in 2 innings of work he struck out six and then in both of his last in outings, he's got at least two strikeouts, and the the walks are high. He's got a little bit more of those than I'd like, but he's also a young guy, and it makes me wonder because for the majority of his minor league career, Jesus Tonoko was a starter. It was not until this year in Albuquerque that he was moved to the bullpen, and it makes me wonder if he can be stretched back out into, into a starter. A starter. And at least give that a shot and see what's up. Because we don't have some, a
0: lot left unless Tyler Anderson comes back
1: out of Kneesville. Which, and if he is, there's no guess if he'll be as good as his 20, um, 2018 campaign or even good at all. Yeah. And we cannot... Chichi Gonzalez has clearly made it, has made it clear that he is not a solution in the rotation. I don't think he's managed to get past five innings in a single game this year. Chi Chi's twenty seven too, so not getting better. Oof. Do you want to know his
0: home run per fly ball rate? Twenty seven percent.
1: Chi Chi or Jesus?
0: Chi Chi. Yeah. I mean That's it's, one, of, one of the absurd numbers. I was looking at some Freeland numbers a little bit ago. Um, did you know that left on base percentage actually is can be negative? I honestly didn't. I don't even know how it's really possible. Like, as soon as you're on base and Kyle Freeland is on, you automatically score, like, or something. That's sure what it's felt like. It'd be nice if they like, could explain it to me. But anyway, 2019 men in scoring position for Kyle Freeland: negative 39.9 percent left on base percentage. And so, high leverage situations, Kyle Freeland has has never stop the run? Is that what I'm saying? Because if, if they left on base percentage was 2019, 7.2% of the time men on base were left on base. But when men were in scoring position for Kyle Freeland, they scored every single time to the extent of 40%. I,
1: w- I will say... Does that make sense? I, Kyle Freeland has been not good but his last two outings, he's at least made six innings, which is better than nothing. Um, his strikeouts are still all over the place. He's still giving up a lot of home runs. But there's at least signs there of him maybe getting it together. And I forget who I was talking about with this, but apparently he had been encouraged to change his pitching mechanics and his motions, which might have led to this whole disaster. Hmm. but
0: oh you I, saw that tweet about um leaving the all of Kyle Freeman's fastballs were on the
1: wrong arm slot yeah and if you look at him his windup is different from last year too and it makes me wonder if that was an organizational thing where the the organization is telling him to make that change because remember that's what happened with John, that's what John Gray said happened last year was that they asked <laughs> him to lose all this weight and then he was sick all the time and then he was terrible all the time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that makes me really worried about the the pitching coaching staff and what this organization is doing to its pitchers. And you can't say any of this for sure, but most pitchers are not just going to come back the season after being a Cy Young candidate with a changed windup and a changed arm slot and botched mechanics looking like an absolute shell of their former self.
0: I just, I just don't understand how you can have negative left-on-base percentage. You, that would mean literally you've never, this Le- season in high leverage, left a person on base. Right? That, I, uh,
1: that, that feels like it can't what? be right, but then I look at his earned runs <laughs> per game for this entire year, uh-huh. And the number of times where it is above five is more than the number of times it is below five. Like okay. all all of his starts. Like it starts off one, two, great. Seven, oh three. Okay. Zero. Great. Five. What? Eight three 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 seven five 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 zero seven. Oh god. Well and that's just through July. Kyle Freeland will have the offseason to figure it out. Yeah, and it, and he should spend the offseason with John Gray to figure it out, honestly, because John Gray's been our most solid rotation guy, not named Hermon Marquez.
0: I mean, and it's, it's not just the pitching. It's just everything fell off. But now we're only 10 games under five hundred. so if we win 10 games in a row, back in it, right? I don't even... <laughs> We've, um, so it's
1: august it's August eighteenth at time yeah. of recording a little little bit less than a month and a half left of the season our last game is on i believe september twenty ninth yeah we would have to go on some kind of crazy tear like the Mets did for example in order to 16. even be sniffing the wild card but it and even to be sniffing above five hundred which Would be a victory for me if we just made it back above 500. Some people are like, eh, you might as well just see how bad it gets and try and get that draft pick. But nobody actually likes tanking. Nobody actually likes losing all those games. And I try not to, you know, our season's basically done, barring a miracle, and I'm trying not to be invested in it, but I don't want to sit and watch us tank.
0: Well, nobody wants to watch you tank, but at the same time, if there is some way that you can say, wow, Jeff Breidich you made a terrible team again why can't you put an offense at Coors Field like what how are you so incompetent to have an offense at Coors Field
1: why are all of your signings so bad why will nobody do trades with you why won't you try and do trades with people why are all of your pitching contracts so bad he's
0: like an angry young man and he's like one of those one of those guys who like only watches a certain show over and over and over again. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like that guy. I'm I'm that guy over there, and everybody else doesn't understand
1: that I'm that guy. And you're you're not that guy. And I honestly think I will still say, in terms of firing him in before the season is over, I will always be on the side of not doing that. But I, I really genuinely think that the organization needs to part ways with Jeff Breidich at the end of the 2019 baseball season. Or or promote,
0: like, uh, Zach, what's his name? Farm guy?
1: Put you in charge, Zach. Wilson? No, not me. I no. Mean. Like, Wilson? You'd be better than Jeff Breidich. Everybody would be. I think we need to put Jeff Breidich maybe back into yeah. a farm position or something like that, so he's not just being fired or move him somewhere else in the front office. But he needs to not be the general manager anymore. I am so tired of his emotionalist, weird approach to baseball of holding out, of handing out terrible contracts mm-hmm. that have almost all of them blown up in his face. It's just, you just,
0: you got to get along with somebody. You know, he wins, like, did he make any, like, trades since um, Neshek and Lucroy?
1: Really? Well, I mean, we had that minor league trade with the Yankees this year.
0: Yeah, but, like, minor league trades are just a way that everybody knows you can screw Jeff Bradish Because you're not going to do anything major league, because he's not going to listen. But if you can poach something for the minor leagues, he's probably not going to actually understand
1: his three, ma- his three major trades have been Neshek, Lucroy, and Sungwano. Yeah, so at one time, he actually got it right. I mean, I I still like the Lucroy trade. Yeah. And I was honestly kind of hoping maybe we brought Lucroy in on a minor league contract or something. Mm-hmm. And I very much enjoyed Neshek's Nishek's time while he was here, but he chose Philadelphia over us, according to apparently accepted a similar offer Mm. but the sung one oh even then was not that big a trade and that's just It, it worked out for
0: a while i think now it's just you know we didn't actually get to the full like dynasty thing we didn't actually win the nl west and like, in my opinion, if it's it's nice if your team goes all the way and then like, oh, that was nice, you guys can like go back down for a couple of seasons and let somebody else have a chance but but I mean, we never really got there when you could have
1: two wild cards and a sweep in the NLDS yeah. um,
0: Hey, Evan, yes, when's the next time we play a team that's not red? Any guesses? Red in terms of
1: uniform color, C- correct. Uh, Just a random. I think, it's at, I think it's at the very tail end of the month because we've got a four.
0: August 29th.
1: Yeah, we've got a four game <laughs> series against
0: Pittsburgh. We got the Diamondbacks, and then we got the Cardinals, and then we got the Braves makeup, and then we got the Red Sox. That's a lot of red teams. A lot of red teams and the Diamondbacks, uh, still have our number.
1: Um, we beat them that one time,
0: that one time on a Wednesday yeah. in one run. That was affair. nice.
1: I, that was a nice walk off.
0: Do you think we're going to be able to win more than one game this series?
1: Do I have to answer that seriously?
0: your choice.
1: We are at the very least carrying
0: momentum. The Diamondbacks did just lose to three out of four to the Giants. Speaking of momentum, how about the Giants? Jeez. I'm not happy about that. They're supposed
1: to be dead for another 10 years. I think if we can carry the momentum and win tomorrow, we might building ourselves on a nice little win streak. I think if we lose tomorrow, it's mm-hmm. going to be ugly and we're going to lose at least two of three. If we carry mm-hmm. the momentum, I say we can win the series against Diamondbacks. Well, Lambert
0: just pitched. So, let's get some matchups. Um, so, tomorrow, the 19th, We've got it has
1: it has Chichi Gonzalez listed as the probable starter tomorrow. That's not happening. But I don't Maybe know who. St- I don't know who. It's starts against Zach place,
0: for the Diamondbacks. I think you just got to. I mean, Marquez just did something. Gray just did something. Lambert something.
1: Freeland's technically healthy. But I don't think it's his turn. Unless we make some moves or try and stretch a bullpen guy into a starter, and just we see how that know goes. We don't to do that. We don't know how to do that. I, hey, at some point, maybe Glenn, he's just to know. Freeland's to supposed to go year. on Tuesday.
0: Against how Alex did the Diamondbacks, young. Yeah, How do the Diamondbacks have all these under four ERA pitchers I've never heard of? A lot of them are super young.
1: Isn't this Gallen. Alex Young's first season?
0: Yeah. But he's 0-2 with his last... and 2 in the 9.72 ERA last
1: time. Which I think if we... And... Gallon is our toughest matchup, I think. Of two points, three man. Who are these guys? Gallon, Gallon has a two point five eight ERA, right. uh, and uh, he's got a batting average against of uh, two twelve in his last nine starts. Yeah. And then we got Leak on Wednesday. Who's man? I like Mike Leak, but he's a he's, likable guy. He's he's mortal at least. If we mm-hmm. can hit him, we'll hit him.
0: I'm going to say two out of three.
1: I would mm-hmm. also like to say two out of three.
0: I think it's about time that the Diamondbacks' young guys just started failing.
1: My big question mark is, is Chi-Chi. Because he's 0 for 4. He hasn't won a single game in any of his starts, which, I mean, wins are meaningless. But it's, it's nice to see one up there, you know? He's got an ERA of over 6'5. He's only got 16 strikeouts. And he hasn't gone above five innings in a single start, which means every time he starts, he eats into our bullpen.
0: Well, we agree on that. Let's just see if we can figure out if there's anything you do with Chichi Gonzalez, and then we'll and be out. Chichi Gonzalez, if I was Chi Chi Gonzalez, I would throw my changeup all the time. That's all I've seen from like being good about him. But let's see if that actually makes sense. Chichi Gonzalez's pitch type is mostly fastballs with a slider and the curve and the change are both like at 8%.
1: And... His changeup is good. I'd like to see him throw it more. He, I'd also He's like to see 8%. him throw in slider more.
0: So his fastball is negative 4. His slider is negative 0.7. Curveball is negative 1.9. The
1: changeup is negative 0.2. I mean, I will say a lot of this is maybe on the fact that TG Gonzalez should have ideally never seen Major League Action this year. Mm-hmm. Ever. This should have been a rehab year, basically, for a guy who had not pitched since 2016. But because of all of our injury woes and issues with the rotation, here he is. What can you do? Give some of the minor league guys a shot. Who we even have left? Who's like uh, a starting pitcher? Castellani. Evan Grillis uh, mm. Senza Taylor is still down in Albuquerque
0: Oh uh, yeah He probably could do
1: something How has chi-chi. our friend Antonio Senza Taylor been doing down mm-hmm. in Albuquerque great not terrible not great well if we could just
0: see like a ton of sliders and change-ups from chi chi but we won't of course not we're not gonna change ways. um so i don't know will I think the rockies make it to 500 this year go maybe probably not probably not percentage I don't know.
1: I have no
0: idea. Forty. I think there's a forty percent chance that the Rockies make it back to five hundred.
1: I'd say thirty-five. I'd go a little bit lower. But we've got about two weeks until the September call-ups, and depending on how we're doing at that point, we may see a lot of weird stuff happen. I mean, if I ran this team, I would want to make a lot of weird stuff happen to see what sticks and see if we've gotten, especially if we're in a bad situation.
0: Bring everybody up. Yeah. DFA Desmond. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just do it. It's never uh, going to happen. I know.
1: But. And the problem is you can't replace the team with free agents next year, so. Yeah. Bad free agent class next year. And also, would you even, if Bright is just still around, would you even trust him to make smart free agent signings?
0: No, I wouldn't trust him to make any, any moves at this
1: point. And I'm, I'm certainly hoping that I—I like, I don't know. The the Monforts have been a lot more hands off recently, but it was coming out that players were feeling alienated and ignored with Brightish's inaction at the deadline mm-hmm. and his repeated bad signings in the fan when mm-hmm. You've got to hope that they're maybe listening to this and would make a change.
0: I mean, like I know you made two back-to-back wild cards, but That means that it wouldn't be that
1: hard to get back to the wild card if you had a new general manager. And I'm also, I will say, and I feel bad for saying it, I'm also not sold on retaining Bud Black anymore. Just because of his bullpen management being so questionable at best. Remember when we used to love his bullpen management? This year especially, its flaws are really shining out where he is putting guys in bad situations or he's leaving people in too long or just simply making the wrong choice for the move. Like, he put in Wade Davis today.
0: Who yeah.
1: Well, half of it
0: has been like he doesn't have anybody.
1: That's true. But
0: and you're not like, telling people just throw different things.
1: But like I said, there were so many other available pitchers that they could have put in instead of Wade Davis. Yeah. And he also, which has been in his MO, is he left Inway Davis for way too long. Yeah. Well, at least we still have Ryan McMahon, you know? Ryan McMahon, been- Ryan Maltapia, Nolan Aronado is returning to form. You know,
0: what I also didn't get about this season, is if, if you really had this whole, like, we're just going to see what happens
1: with Ryan McMahon and Garrett Hampson and Brennan Rogers. I mean, Hampton's barely got any playing time, and it's been not very good. Rodgers was not very good for the limited time we saw him. Turned out it was playing hurt, and he's done for the season. And yeah. McMahon's been putting it together. It's almost like giving players consistent playing time really can help. Well,
0: these strategies aren't probably going to change the rest of the year, but you know
1: maybe the Rockies will put something together and get back to five hundred. Yeah. So at this point. There's nothing to do but to sit back and watch and see what happens. Yeah, so for anybody who's listening, thanks for listening and
0: thanks for watching, the Rockies. I mean, we do it to ourselves, but it's what we do. It's what we love.
1: The special two-man edition of the Rockpile Talkpile. Mm-hmm. Slow jams, the two-man jam. There were some positives. There were a lot of negatives. Um, The positive positive I'll leave us on is that Nolan Arenado has hit five home runs in his last four games. That's been great. If he can keep projecting upward, he's finally over 30 home runs for the season, which makes it his fifth consecutive season with over 30 home runs. He's just the fifth third baseman in Major League history to do this with esteemed names like Mike Schmidt, Whenever I think about being sad about the Rockies, I just tell myself, go watch Nolan. Nolan and Trevor and Charlie Blackman, who is still hitting 325 on the season. So weird. So weird. Anyway, go watch Nolan. Go watch Nolan. Enjoy Chuck. Enjoy Trevor. Look at... I know we've been a real negative bunch recently, but when the season is at this point, You just gotta look at the bright side of life. And enjoy what you can in it. Watch Nolan. Thanks for joining us. See you next time, everybody.